What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 64th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside my BFCA buddy, Eric Marchin. Hi! What's up, buddy? Well, you know, just staying up until 4 or 5 a.m., walking the dog in the wee hours of the morning and posting or reposting uh, previous reviews that we've done for the the show because that's that's all we have. That's all we have now, Matt. (laughs) Yeah, um, I saw that. I woke up this morning to um, a slew of tags on Instagram and and Twitter. Um, is your sleeping pattern just completely fucked because of this, or yeah. just yeah? I mean, I'm I'm in. Admittedly, I'm an insomniac in general, but since kind of finding a, a regular working schedule, you know, before the self isolation, I was doing actually quite well and sort of regulating my hours, especially with the morning screenings, because that always kind of helped but now it's like oh well i don't have to be anywhere or do anything so i'll you know work four or five hours on on writing a a a review for a streaming uh release or something that's going to be on itunes and then i'll do nothing and then like you know wake up at two or three in the morning and then be like oh i'm gonna just write or watch videos or take a deep dive and do uh nostalgia for god knows who for for how long so yeah that's fair i mean i guess i'm i guess you can call it lucky because i'm I'm technically working at my full-time job like so i have a sense of uh, normalcy like waking up every morning and starting work at nine and and working all day and finishing at five so i mean i still find myself that i'm like up later or i mean i guess it's a little bit nicer because i don't have to wake up to you know, get ready and go to work so I can stay up till 1am and sleep right till nine if I really wanted to, and then just start working right away. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's week, week three of, yep. uh, oh, of yeah. this, right. And I've been self-isolating since a little bit before that. Cause I, I mean, I mentioned this on the last episode, but when I got back from, sorry, if I have a window open, if you can hear stuff in the background, but, um, when I got home from California a couple days after this, it started to get worse and worse. So I just stayed home from that like Wednesday onwards. So it's been like three and a half weeks, but um, I don't know. Are you starting to get used to it or what? <laughs> um, Like the Muppets treasure Island. I think I have a little bit of cabin fever at this point. Um, yeah. I was saying that too. Like even as, uh, as introverts, it's still, you want to, you know, we like going, going to the movies sometimes. or, just going like the thing I miss the most right now. I still haven't done it yet. I'm just this is more just because I'm lazy. Yeah, I, I haven't had iced coffee in three weeks, dude. I sent you the cold. No, no, no. I know that. I know that, and that's just me procrastinating. But like, I am ready to kill. <laughs> I know, dude. I couldn't do it. Like that was one of the first things I ordered. I went to Starbucks for the first. You know, at, when this first hit. And we were told, you know, everyone stay at home, only go out if you need to kind of thing. I was still going, okay, well, most places are doing takeout orders or you can go and grab and go at a lot of places. So I was still going to Starbucks, but I had this one experience um, at a Starbucks near my place in Toronto where I ordered a a cold brew. Um, The barista made my cold brew and then she was going to put a lid on and this was before all the very strict things that everyone's doing right now but she grabbed the lid with her bare hand and put it on on the my 
coffee cup and i was just like you know what can i have a straw i'm like i wasn't trying to be rude or anything right. i was just like you know what being cautious i'll drink out of a straw that's in a wrapper like i don't she says she they, they're saying that they wash their hands every you know 30 minutes or something and then she was like oh you know we're not supposed to give you straws anymore i'm like i know but with everything going on right now it's just better safe than sorry i'd rather have a straw and then she was like well, I wash my hands every 30 minutes. And I'm like, I can you just give me the fucking straw? Right. I'm like, I just like with everything happening right now, that's in a wrapper. I'd rather fucking drink out of a straw right now. I'm like, I'm not some asshole who comes in every day and just doesn't want to drink out of your shitty sippy lids. I'll deal with that shit. But and then after that, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't need to spend six dollars on a coffee every day. I'm uh, so I bought that this thing called a cold brew genie, which is just literally a giant mason jar. Uh, with like a a big strainer in the middle that you can remove and you fill it up with like two cups of ground coffee and uh, leave it for 24 hours and you just make cold brew. It's really simple. And it lasts me like, oh fuck, I, I got this coffee from New Orleans or something called like, um, it's from like a coffee shop called Cafe Du Monde. And it's like this, and I made it and it was like the darkest, blackest coffee I've ever had in my life. And I had to keep like, putting water in the mason jar to kind of like even it out because it's almost it like, a little bit yeah yeah but it's it's really good i'm having some right now actually nice the last the last of my mason jars so i made another batch this afternoon so uh, so anyways, ice coffee my, and moonshine yeah one mason jar um, yeah exactly and then i have a nice cherry bubbly too nice. so uh but yeah ice coffee was w- that one thing i knew i couldn't uh you know, go without. So I had to kind of improvise and not improvise, just probably be better and not give Starbucks like $800 a month. So, right. Um, it's probably a good thing. The one good thing coming from all of this, but, um, other than that, like, I don't know, I guess like the things I'm, uh, I just finished cooking dinner. Nevis and I have uh, uh, used chef's plate for the last couple of weeks, which um, we've used in the past and I thought was a great service, but either it was like hit or miss before where some weeks we would like the recipes that we they would send if people, it's not, we're not sponsored by chef's plate, but I'll give them a plug. But um, it's just, they send you basically recipe cards and pre-portioned ingredients and it kind of takes the thinking away from it. And it's really simple. And especially in a time like this where I kind of want to, you avoid going out as much as possible. You can get like four good meals a week for two people um, from Chef's Plate, and we've been doing that. So I just made a a chickpea and red lentil curry um, with some basmati rice, which was excellent. And uh, I've been making those, and I'm finding that you know those help those better habits. Like I know uh, Nevis has a wonderful um, food Instagram page called Forks and Nevis. Everyone should go follow it. Um, but we miss really going out for dinner. But the one thing that's, you know, good about all of this is I'm eating less takeout and I'm going out less. So I'm not spending as much money at restaurants or fast food. And I, I'm a known trash addict. So I, um, I like, it's probably good that I'm cooking a lot at home and I'm not really getting McDonald's. I'm not getting Taco Bell. I'm like, we ordered pizza once, um, because a lot of restaurants here in Toronto are still doing, uh, takeout and we like to support you know local restaurants they're trying to survive all of this so and they're the one things that um, are still deemed essential not everyone can cook at home every night and different things like that and uh, so we ordered maker pizza one night which is an excellent pizza place here in toronto uh, and we ordered from uh, drum taberna we ordered some chivapi um, which is a croatian kind of sausage dish which is uh 
really, really good. So I've gotten, we've ordered in a few times, but other than that, we've been cooking at home. We've been, haven't really gone out for walks all that much. Um, we, I told you about that experience about like the people just coughing out loud, like in, with not covering their face like a week and a half ago. So yeah. uh, we've just been like, fuck it. It seems like some people don't want to, you know, be good about this, but we walked to go get some beers last Friday and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I've been in uh, or out a couple times, but just holding down the fort here, playing a lot of Animal Crossing, Eric, a lot. How's Tom doing? Tom Nook. He is a crook. Uh, he, I keep going into debt with him. He keeps selling me upgrades to my house and charging me more and more fucking bells. Um, he's a, he's a con man, that Tom Nook and, uh, Nevis is playing in front of me right now. Uh, she's looking at her Nook miles plus she's doing some fishing and wandering around, so but I'm not do- going to do it all for the Nookie. What? No, you are doing it all for the Nookie throughout this whole game. You're just in debt to him for eternity. Uh, but playing a metric shit ton of Animal Crossing. So um, uh, upgraded my house a couple times. I got three brand new rooms. We're getting new villagers moving into the island. It's it's a lot's happening, Eric. Nice. A lot. Uh, what about you? What You've just been, you, like you said, being an insomniac, being up at three in the morning and oh, yeah, the dogs. Oh, yeah, you know it. Well, Do I, you I walk wanted- the dogs that early because they need to or just because you want to avoid all people? Well, <laughs> or- like both. So, so the... Uh- at this moment, the dogs are fed twice a day, uh, going into the routine. Um, I mean, well, there's no movies to talk about, so we might as well. Yeah, so the dogs are fed. Uh, Boris and George are fed at uh, between 4 and 5, and then again uh, at around 4.30, 5 o'clock. And so after feeding them, um, I'll let them out, or I'll go and take them for, the, for a walk. And when you do that... Usually take the I take them out to avoid people in general, just so they don't get excited or act up, and that's kind of basically the gist of it. But again, it helps to avoid people, so yeah. like nobody's really getting up at you know four thirty five to walk a dog, or, or very rarely, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess when people had to go to work and stuff, maybe they were before work, but. Yeah. Um, not right now. Yeah, so. only only the people like myself are out there at like four a.m. <laughs> I had one of those nights though, uh, or one of those mornings. Um, I was probably up at the same time as you. We could have podcast in the middle of the night, but um, Nevis is trying to catch a butterfly <laughs> and she kept missing. Um, so in the game, not in real life. Um, I was up like fuck. I fell asleep. I got drunk on Friday night um drinking these beers that we got and they were like i guess i didn't have enough in my stomach we ordered this pizza crushed the pizza i forget what we were wa- we watched some of tiger king which I'll, I'll talk about uh when we get into the what we've been watching uh but then i just like crashed hard at like 9 p.m and then woke up at like 3 a.m and uh just basically was up from three until you know seven probably just uh playing animal crossing and doing god knows what but um yeah i had one of those nights so my sleeping pattern was off a little bit but then as monday came around i kind of got back into it but yeah right yeah, um, man. But, so yeah, um what i was gonna say though is that you become more i mean going back to you with with the barista like i've, I've been thinking about it a lot recently and how lax i usually become when it when it's t- towards health during like tiff 
for example, where like, oh yeah, you just don't care where your coffee's coming from or, or who's pouring it into water, how many hands have touched it. You just like, I need that caffeine or I need to get some substance in between screenings. But now having done all of this for the past three weeks and, you know, washing your hands on a consistent cycle and trying to, you know, maintain uh, a daily routine of some sort, it, it, it you become more hyper aware of everything. And it, like you think back to all the times where you weren't or you were more lax or it's like, oh, I, you know, I don't have to, you know, wash my hands or I don't have to, you know, uh, worry about where I get this thing from or, or, or this, you know, container from. And, and now it's like, okay, that's all you think about when, you know, you're going to eat or when you're going to use something. And it's just interesting that that's, you know, become uh, an all-consuming aspect of of, of life now and in, in self-isolation and in, you know, again, trying to just maintain good hygiene. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, again, if you're talking about silver linings, if there are any to all of this, which there aren't very many, but um, I think it will instill better habits to people and healthier habits. I know that I used to kind of tease um, Nevis and, uh, my wonderful soon to be mother-in-law for like telling me to wash my hands every time I would go over. And I, I kept being like, all right, like chill. It's fine. <laughs> like my right. hands aren't that dirty. Um, but they were right. And I was wrong, which they always are. And I'm always wrong and they're always right. But I've learned that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was one of those people where I was like, ah, oh, little germs. It's good for your immune system. You need to kind of have some to, to break it down. Um, now i just yeah i hope everyone keeps these habits whenever the fuck this ends but i mean uh, more not in movie news but here in toronto uh the city of toronto announced that they're canceling all public events until july so there's that <laughs> if you're getting any at the very time, least right yeah at, uh, any time frame uh for how long this is gonna go on for so uh uh jesus christ man it's crazy but yeah. um yeah, so that means uh, Pride Parade is canceled. Uh, there's a bunch of different festivals and things that happen between now and July. But yeah, it's not not looking good. It's looking like this will last a couple months at least. I think but. it's going to be, I mean, a whole year. Even when the the pandemic is eventually lifted and people can go back outside, I think it's going to take time for people to get back to going to events, to going to restaurants, to going to movie theaters, because they'll still be in a kind of hyper aware mode where they'll be thinking like, you know, should I be doing this? Because even though something gets lifted, doesn't mean like, you know, like everything kind of like just goes back to normal right away, right? Like it takes time. And the longer something lasts, the longer it takes to get back into you know, a regular routine. Yes. Like people will want to go out as soon as they're, you know, given the opportunity, but you'll get a lot of people that will still kind of be wary of, of wanting to, you know, just even go to a, you know, a movie or something like that, like that, that has more than 50 people in a, in a room or in a building. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it takes like uh, once movie theaters open again or whatever happens, like if, how the box office is affected by it. Right. Right. Like those big movies that 
you know, would have made hundreds of millions, how it's going. I mean, talking in the sense of bringing it back to entertainment, but I mean, you, you brought up a good point of how long it's going to take for people to want to travel, to want to go to, like you said, go to restaurants or go to anything. Right. So, um, that's why like, even if TIFF does happen in September, cause it's looking like can probably won't happen or it'll get pushed into like what happens if can ends up getting pushed into the fall and like, do they do it in the fall or do they wait till next year? Do they compete with like the TIFF in New York's and stuff? Well, if and Venice is, as well, right? Like, so yeah, does Venice, Venice not happen but, because Italy has been hit so bad by yeah. COVID-19 that, you know, can kind of replaces it for, for this year, so to speak, and being the festival to, um, build up to the North American festivals in the fall. Cause yeah, like it's, it's, it's such a, it, an odd thing. And, and, and bringing up traveling is, is, is another one as well, because there, even though, you know, when the CDC and, and, and what have you, you know, lifts these, this pandemic, it doesn't necessarily mean that border restrictions will be lifted. All border restrictions will be li- lifted right away. You know, it's depending on each country, right. And, and what yeah. each government decides to do so it's all very gradual like it's it'll be a a gradual return to form and i'm thinking like this whole year is basically a write-off in terms of um finding a regular routine or, or going back to that like even once we get to august september the fall let's say let's say everything like by october the latest things are going back to normal and, you know, we've beaten this thing and, you know, we've been able to say the like, okay, we celebrate. Can yeah. Yeah. We can go outside. I, I don't think we'll be able to really get to, you know, back to where we were until the beginning or maybe even spring of 2021, um, which sucks. Yeah, but yeah. I know it does, but I'm with you. Like I think earliest, this summer is when this probably starts winding down and then maybe we sound like pessimists right now, but I mean, I'm trying to be realistic when you're looking at how the, how it's being handled in the U S and how serious they're taking it here in Canada and how long it took in China and South Korea and, and Italy even still right now. Um, uh, if you're basing off of the best case scenario with some of those countries and then worst case scenarios in um, some of those countries, which I won't name, but are, uh, right south of us, but um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think the the U.S. could be the ones that fuck everyone over because they didn't, um, you know, they have the most incompetent leader in the history of humanity running their country. So, at the worst possible time, so, there are still stores uh, that are open in the U.S. Like it's a like I was watching a video. Um, <laughs> this is going into my uh, my personal obsessions here. So there's. There are a couple like online YouTube personalities that go to, um, you know, department stores every Tuesday to pick up the latest Blu-rays and stuff like that. And I always kind of have an interest in watching them to see if like, you know, the Blu-rays come with slip covers or, or how much they cost in certain stores. God bless you. I know. Uh, <laughs> cool video all the way. Their, um, yeah, tape their journey to the to the place yeah and so like okay. today like i saw a video i haven't watched it yet of 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 cool duder himself that's his handle uh sean Sick. c phillips um of him going to pick up uh star wars the rise of skywalker at i think at walmart and he's wearing like you know a mask and blue glove latex gloves and i'm yeah, just like yeah. why isn't 
why is this? I guess because Walmart's well, considered Walmart essential. Walmart has groceries. Yeah, because yeah, they have groceries, groceries and stuff like it's, that. It's yeah. still almost like, well, you shouldn't be out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like you, you don't need to go that. pick up. Yeah, you don't need to go pick up The Rise of Skywalker, but uh, which I'll talk about later in the show. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, That's yeah, a little man. preview. There you go. Uh, we can. I mean, I didn't really do an intro, but these episodes have been uh, kind of weird. But um, this is the Untitled Movie Podcast. Every week, Eric and I get together and talk about the entertainment industry and what's going on. Uh, right now, a lot going on and nothing going on. Um, so we'll talk all about all that later. Um, but if you like this, we have another podcast called Untitled Movie Reviews, where Eric and I get together and review a new release movie. Uh, I laugh as I say that out loud. Um, usually every week, but this year's been very weird. Um, even as we started the year, it kind of started slowly, and then as the year went on, um, uh, movies just stopped coming out, as you guys all know. So I made a joke tweet earlier today about my top 10 films of the year, which are the only 10 films I've seen this year. And uh, we have reviews for most of those uh, up on untitled movie reviews. So go check those out. Eric posted about all of uh, the more recent VOD slash Blu-ray slash 4k releases that all came out today, which we all have reviews for. Uh, So go over to untitled underscore cast on Instagram or Twitter or wherever you want to go and see all those reviews and then go over to that channel to watch or listen, not watch those. So, um, and we, we might have reviews coming out in the future um, depending on what comes out on VOD. I mean, God we will probably review trolls world tour because we have to, (laughs) it's like the, it's the only new release. Like, movie um i have a code for uh eric i know you're gonna tell me not to even watch it but i have a code for the gentleman and i might watch it just for the sake of having content (laughs) Uh, (laughs) these these are desperate times so i redeemed that code shout out to vvs so um i'll try to watch that in the next week or so and maybe eric and i will get together and review that or who knows maybe even the lodge yeah maybe the lodge one day but um We'll see. I mean, it's kind um, of a perfect movie to review right now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, definitely self-isolation. Um, what have you been watching the last kind of week since I've talked to you? Well, Matt, as I was mentioning on the top of the show, sometimes you take deep, disturbing dives into your nostalgia and realize that the things you loved when you were younger are horrible now. So. Yeah. I don't know how this started exactly, but I was just, you know, uh, hanging out on YouTube, looking up videos. One thing led to another. I went from uh, Dragon Ball Z to Dragon Ball Z is still good. Don't get me wrong. Dragon Ball Z to Digimon. And I watched the Digimon movie. Uh, Hadn't seen it since it was released in theaters back in 2000 as Matt is on his phone right now. Uh, I, I'm listening. Digimon, the movie you haven't watched it since theaters when you were a kid. I also saw that in theaters, I think. Oh my God. Is it, it's real bad. It's yeah. real bad. And I, and the thing that <laughs> the, here's the kicker. I saw it twice in theaters and yeah. I have to apologize now to my parents for dragging them out to see. I, I went to see it for my birthday because it all opened on October the 6th. And I remember being were so excited. Mad? Were you more of a Digimon kid or a No, I liked both. I like I I just liked the creatures. Like I always was a fan of of 
animal designs and creature designs. That like T-Rex thing with the fucking horn, the orange one. Greymon, please, uh, Matt. Greymon. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is a big part of the first act of Digimon the movie, the the uh, epic film from 2000. And basically what I learned from that movie, besides it being terrible – was that it peaked with that first season where you had the kids kind of entering the digital world and what have you, when it introduced this new group of kids for the, 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 the next iteration, that's where things kind of go South. So the movie tries to combine like the, the first generation of kids and the second generation. And the first is more interesting, but it's still poorly written. Uh, the voice acting is, is terrible. The best part and you can tell that it's early 2000s and and a lot of anime seems to do this when it gets the english dubs is that they'll add in current popular music in north america that is usually almost laughable or dated by the time it is actually released so the two big songs in digimon were uh was a song by smash mouth and bare naked ladies great so like in, you'll be you'll be Digimon. watching and then all of a sudden it's like um you hear smash mouth and you're like what am i watching so i just I feel mean, like smash mouth was everywhere in the late 90s early 2000s though yeah um but like when you hear like it's been two weeks and you're just like what is going <laughs> on is that in uh in digimon oh yeah <laughs> Oh, oh yeah so that's great my my summary Why, of, what made you watch that it, it was just one of those weird like going down a rabbit hole like i started right. with dragon ball z right and then you started to think of other animes and stuff that you yeah that watched. i liked as a yeah. kid and i was just kind of going through it's like oh does this either still hold up or like what was it about that that i originally enjoyed dragon I ball was, z i loved dragon ball z still yeah. great Vegeta i might and piccolo are the best I I know they remastered all of them, and I would love to go back and like. I know there's a shit ton of episodes, but um, I would love to go back and and watch um Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. But I remember staying up till midnight watching the uncensored vi- versions on Teletoon at like Friday nights and stuff like that, and it was dope. Um, but I haven't watched it in ages. But I played the fighting game Dragon Ball Z Kai, I think, or no Fighter Z, sorry. Um, and it's great. And it looks the animation is spectacular. Um, that's a random watch. I remember the Pokemon movie um, more than I remember the Digimon movie. And I know they just remastered the Pokemon movie in like CG, like uh, for Netflix, I think is a Netflix original film. Right. Maybe that's something we can review. <laughs> so, Why not? Yeah. No, um, the Pokemon movie was a big deal as well. Like, I mean, it was obviously, you know, the Mew Mewtwo battle but also on top of that like i remember all the merchandising for the film uh especially the burger king stuff which was weird that they got the licensing for like yeah i remember going to get the like gold cards and stuff yeah Yeah. the gold card and the pokeball and stuff i remember those but um haven't watched that in ages either but um that was a weird watch eric I, i i'll say like i posted a photo of um of my March watch list and it was abysmal. I haven't really been watching much of anything. Um, Nevis and I finished 101 Dalmatians, uh, the 1961 uh, animated um, 
uh, film. Uh, it's great. Uh, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Um, really, really enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, Cruella DeVille, still one of the most iconic villains, I think. Um, uh, Pongo is great. What's the lady dog's name? Perdita. Uh, Pongo and Perdita. Good stuff. That little chonker boy that's always fallen behind. He's great. Um, so we watched that and then we put on the, uh, live action one, um, with Jeff Daniels, um, and last Glenn night close, right? and Glenn close. Yeah. And, um, didn't know it was written and produced by John Hughes. So, you know what, we're going to finish that, um, in the next couple days, but it was one of those things we put on a lot of these like random ass Disney plus things that like really late at night. And then we both fall asleep. So we watch them in like parts. Um, so 101 Dalmatians, uh, suggest if you get uh, onwards coming to Disney plus in like two days, which is crazy. Finally confirmed for Canada. Um, pulling up my letterbox. Sorry. I don't know what else I watched. Uh, Tiger King. Did you watch Tiger King? I haven't watched it yet because I spent 10 hours on Sunday watching the outsider. Right. <laughs> you and your HBO series, you just like binge in one day. Oh Yeah. Watch them as a 10 hour movie. Um, Nevis and I watched Tiger King over the span of a couple days. Um, really enjoyed it. I thought it starts super strong because of like, if you don't know anything about that story, there's, I think a huge shock factor in those first couple episodes of, of how insane all of it is. And, um, but I felt like that kind of wore off at, uh, as you got into the fourth, fifth, sixth episode. And, um, as it started to unfold, I think some of the stuff with him and Carol Baskin and, and where that all goes is not as interesting as just him and his zoo and like just him as a personality. And, um, but it is one of the craziest true stories I've probably ever, you know, watched and, um, or learned about, but I, I had a really good time. He is quite the character and quite the piece of shit. Um, I mean, everyone in that show is kind of a piece of shit, but, uh, Doc Antle, who's, who's, um, uh, Nevis is showing me that she caught a cherry salmon in Animal Crossing. <laughs> uh, um, Doc Antle, who's, who's been working in Hollywood a lot too, uh, on a lot of, um, you know, these, all these people own exotic animals, mostly like tigers and, and, and shit like that. So, uh, he worked in Hollywood as a, as a tiger trainer and, and used a lot of his animals in, in films doc Antle did. And it's just, it starts off of showing all these guys who own these exotic pets and then kind of evolves into something more sinister, even though them owning these, th- these lions and shit is pretty evil as well. But, um, yeah, it was it was great. It was really good. I think people are losing their minds over it. Um, but I don't know how great of a documentary it is. Um, I think they fell into an even crazier story than what they were trying to tell. And I think it blows its load a little bit by I get that it's a documentary and it's true life and that all of this stuff was in the news, but for someone who's coming in very cold and don't doesn't know anything about this much like I think a lot of the people watching it are. Um, I feel like the way that it's framed, I would have liked those, you know, reveals to um, play out during the series rather than knowing where it was headed at the beginning and then kind of 
trying to figure out how it gets there. I think the how it gets there isn't as satisfying as if if, if that just came out of left field and you're like, wait, what the fuck is happening now? Um, but the way that the doc is set up, it kind of gives away its ending at the beginning for the most part, other than, you know, a verdict. Um, but yeah, I had a good time with it. I thought it was, I, I mean, I, I say this to you a lot whenever I, Nevis started watching it and I'm like, I don't have it. You know me. I'm like, I don't want to watch this documentary. I'm good. I'll have to watch Fast and Furious for the 800th time. Um, I, but then she started watching it and I was playing Animal Crossing in the background. And then I'd like, you know how your like eyes and ears would catch what someone else is watching. And then I found myself watching it as she was watching it, but from like the background. So during episode two, uh, Nevis just found a ghost. I haven't found this ghost yet. What the hell? Um, sorry, I'm going to give Animal Crossing commentary um, in the background. But anyways, I, I really enjoyed Tiger King. I don't think it's, you know, the greatest thing in the world. Like I think some other people are talking about it. Um, I think it loses its, you know, craziness in the as it goes on. So I don't know. That's right. my review of Tiger King. Um, yeah, I mean, all, you, I, you all I know the about story so far other than the the stuff that's been online is that I remember I think it was John Oliver who sort of reported about uh Joe Exotic uh running for president. Yes. And yes. that he created like a video ad campaign and stuff like that and he was like running on an independent platform and that was the o- that's the only thing I knew about him before the release of the documentary and now anywhere online it's either COVID-19 or Joe Exotica <laughs> or Animal Crossing or Animal yeah. Crossing. <laughs> Those are the three things that people are talking about right now. So I it's good escapism I think even though it's real life and it is pretty fucked up both what they do to the animals and what they do to each other. Um but uh everyone in that it's just hard to believe that they're they are real people that exist. Right. Um as ne- Nevis is hitting a money rock now and is making me jealous. Um yeah, I, so I enjoyed it. I I think you will too, and it is pretty crazy. I found myself like, like holy shit, like numerous times. Like, how do these people exist? How is this a real thing? Um, but I think it gives away a little bit too much at the beginning. But I don't know. That's how, just my problem with how they decided to structure it. Um, yeah. So I watched all of that. Um, been watching Better Call Saul. Uh, so a lot of TV stuff. Most of my time is uh, taken up by uh, Animal Crossing. Um, we reviewed The Hunt, which you guys can check out on Untitled Movie Reviews, I think. Uh, and then uh, Nevis and I watched A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood yesterday. So she hadn't seen it yet. Um, and it was on sale on iTunes, 4K, uh, Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos for $10. So I picked it up last week and uh rewatched it i love it so so much and it just reminded me why i love movies and why what i really i just miss movies right now and going to the movie theater and seeing a new movie and even though this is a movie i, I saw at tiff last year and i was kind of worried if it would hold up to uh my very lofty expectations i put onto it based on that first watch at the festival um, but I, I just think that movie is oozing with style without being, you know, um, style over substance. I feel like uh, Tom Hanks is, is excellent. Matthew Reese is great. I just love the structure of that movie and how they take a stand on, 
uh, not take a stand, but the the way that they um, frame the movie of being from the journalist perspective and not necessarily um, Mr. Rogers, but still saying so much about him as a man and, and everything is the exact kind of biopic that I want. And um, the framing device is excellent. I think the establishing shots in the, in the, with the miniatures is just such a great choice. Some of the more surreal and weird moments that you just don't expect to come from that movie, I think are really, really great. The music is fantastic. And I still believe it's one of the best movies of the decade. I really, um, really, really love that movie. Yeah. Mariel Heller is, uh, definitely going to be one of the, the filmmakers to watch in the next 10 years. I mean, just doing, two really interesting biopics back to back and unconventional ways with can you ever forgive me and a beautiful day in the neighborhood you can tell that she has a really strong sense of time and place and also isn't about just telling you the story that you can read about online on a wikipedia page she's actually about finding a new way to tell a story that you might have seen you know, many times before or have read about in a way that you wouldn't necessarily think of, whether it be an emotional manner or a way that gets you inside the character's, you know, headspace. So, you know, again, I think she's going to go on to do even more, you know, great work. But I mean, just doing those movies back to back is, is, an, an amazing achievement and shows you like the versatility within you know, the biopic genre that you can do so much different in two kind of what would quote unquote be, you know, studio award baity biopics. So um, she, yeah, she's uh, an amazing filmmaker. So. Yeah, it, it was, it definitely held up and I suggest anyone if it's cheap on, on demand or or pick up the blu-ray or the is it on physical 4k oh yeah i have it right up there yeah nice nice somewhere in there um i guess because it's alphabetical right yeah so so 4k's blu-rays yeah cool 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 oh you guys can't see that eric's pointing to his giant blu-ray shelf behind him that's that's Um, actually one of the shelves though i should also okay (laughs) um so yeah that's what i watched this week um what about you? Anything else on top of Digimon? <laughs> yes, yeah. But I also wanted to mention with um, Tiger King, if, you, if you're interested in that, um, there's a short film from a couple of years ago that um, writer-director Jesse Posthumus uh, uh, was a part of, and she, she wrote, directed the film called Don't Shoot the Dog, which was about the Bowmanville Zoo, if you remember that, the, the scandal going on there with the abuse of, of – you know, the tiger right. there and, and uh, um, the subject being uh, Michael uh, Hackenberger. And it's a fantastic uh, documentary. And you, I think you can check it out on her website right now, uh, Jesse Posthumous. And so I would, I would recommend checking that out as well. If, if you're, if you're interested in, in sort of looking at like how, you know, abuse in, in, you know, these environments happen in more than just sort of, you know, big Hollywood or, 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 you know, Netflix covered shows like that. Like I remember with the Bowmanville thing, it was kind of like a big deal over the course of, I think it was during what the, the holidays of a few years ago and, and everybody yeah. was talking about it. And then the zoo just shut down shortly afterwards. Yeah. I, 
I think you should watch um, Tiger King. I think you'll, oh, I you'll dig I it. And, um, uh, I also want to watch McMillions, the HBO doc about the um, McDonald's monopoly scandal. <laughs> so uh, have you watched that yet, Eric? No, I haven't. Um, but I remember hearing about it because Ben Affleck was at one point, maybe he still is attached to direct the uh, the narrative uh, feature of it. So Okay, uh, interesting. Yeah, because it was originally set up at Fox, but it was like right before the merger. Um, right. I think they interviewed him about it, and he was saying he's still attached, but he doesn't know whether or not it's going through. And at this point, who knows what's going to get made? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do want to give one more uh, suggestion or shout out. Um, my Uncle Mark's film that he co-directed, uh, Lander from uh, Avro to Apollo, um, is available on the Hot Docs website at their Docs at Home or Docs for Schools at Home section. So I just want to give a shout out to him. And if you guys want to check that out, it's a 32-minute short doc about um, the uh, Apollo mission and um, came out for the anniversary uh, last year, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, it premiered at the Ontario science center and, um, there's a link, uh, on the hot dogs website that you guys can go check out. It's called lander from Avro to Apollo. Um, there's a link there that you guys can uh, check out. It focuses on a, uh, Canadian engineer from Sarnia, Owen Maynard, uh, who worked on the Avro aero design. So, uh, and tells his story. So, uh, shout out to my uncle Mark and go check out that if you want. A cool, you know, Apollo doc. That's not Apollo Eleven. Yeah, that's. I'm I'm excited to check it out. Um, I'll try to do that in the next day or so. So yeah, I'll send you the link. Yeah. Um. So I also speaking of nostalgia, but this kind of works as uh, twofold because um, uh, cursed films is is going to be starting. Uh, oh, I'm excited to watch that. Yeah, April fourth, and if. Uh, I don't know if they're still doing the promotion, but maybe they are. Um, Shutter is offering a free 30-day subscription using the promo code SHUTIN. And so you okay. can use that now and watch uh, Jay Cheel's Cursed Films uh, series, one of which focuses on uh, The Crow, which is available on Shutter right now. So I rewatched that, which I was a, a, a fan of. Um, thank you for the link, by the way, um, as a kid. And I mean, this was a movie that came after, you know, Batman 89. So it has that kind of Gothic aesthetic and, you know, German expressionism kind of look to it, but it's not a, it's a good revenge movie, but in terms of its editing, it's so disjointed. But again, like as a kid, I remember really loving it even more, but watching it now it's, I mean, it's, it's obviously, you know, wrapped up in, in tragedy with the death of Brandon Lee. But at the same time, it, it, I kind of found it charming in a weird way that we haven't had a comic book movie like that or Batman 89 in, in a little while. That's kind of just, you know, a loose adaptation or at least taking kind of the the vital elements of the comic book, but sort of adapting in a way that's, you know, quote unquote mainstream and like adding again, you know, music of the time. I mean, there's a lot of like, you know, goth punk rock music that plays throughout that is dated, but it kind of works for the aesthetic of the film. And this was like when Alex Proyas was, you know, a big director before directing, you know, gods of Egypt and things like that. So 
Uh, yeah. Because yeah. um, he also directed Dark City as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a solid revenge movie that, you know, is basically dipped in darkness because it is just a bleak, black looking movie. Um, and uh, Michael Wincott is a, is a great villain who um, you've probably seen in a hundred things. He's got a great voice. It's from Scarborough um, as, as the lead villain. Um, and then I rewatched a few uh, of Stuart Gordon's movies. Uh, Stuart Gordon recently passed away, the director of reanimator and from beyond. So I rewatched those movies again and um I don't really have too much more to say about those other than they're quite enjoyable. And um, the the man's work was kind of underrated and especially bringing HP Lovecraft's stories to the big screen. They were, you know, an interesting take on them. And especially because again, they were loose adaptations. Um, But if you've ever seen those movies, you'll know that they're, uh, (laughs) they are far out there and and especially, uh, uh, from beyond which i feel doesn't have the same cult status as reanimator does but i think is the more ambitious movie of the two um but definitely uh, worth checking out and then i also rewatched his version of uh, the pit and the pendulum with lance hendrickson from the early 90s which was a full moon movie and of the full moon films is probably on the higher end of 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 those uh movies and also just a really solid uh a growl and Poe adaptation. The, the, he was going to direct um, a one man play that he, that he had done into a feature uh, nevermore with uh, Jeffrey Combs, who was in reanimator. Um, but unfortunately he could never get the funding for, for that film. And like a lot of his movies, he, he couldn't, I mean, he was, it was interesting because he was, he was one of the guys responsible for creating honey. I shrunk the kids. Like he was one of the, the writers of that, um, franchise or the first two and was going to direct um uh the first movie but was uh sick during uh pre-production so they they picked a different director um so yeah so shout out to uh the work of uh Stuart gordon and I, I mean i watched a couple other things but like something like vivarium and uncorked which vivarium is available on itunes to uh rent and i believe actually now purchase which is the Imogene Poots, Jesse Eisenberg trapped in kind of a suburban hellscape, kind of a fun, almost riff on the Twilight Zone, uh, Outer Limits, maybe a smidge too long and a bit too on the nose with its metaphor of how domestic bliss isn't exactly what it's cracked up to be. But I think it's a, a really good starring vehicle for Poots, who really is the lead. Eisenberg's more of a supporting player in it, but... Um, definitely worth your time. And uncorked was was okay. I thought that uh, uh, the movie overall about this uh, amateur wine sommelier was enjoyable as a time waster. Maybe it's a good Friday night movie. You get a glass of Marlowe or something like that, and kick back and enjoy. Mamadou Athia is is pretty good as in the lead. He was in um. The Front Runner and uh, Brie Larson's directorial debut, uh, Unicorn Store. So, um, if you're looking for something that's kind of like a light rom com, coming of age, father son 
drama that's all kind of put together that might be again a little too long for what it is but still enjoyable for the performances because of athy and courtney b vance is the father who runs this barbecue um uh, restaurant that he wants his son to kind of take over and the son wants to go a different way um it's it's fine cool yeah um all right uh to staying at home which i know (laughs) is an important topic right now uh eric do you have any i mean i know a lot of things came out today did you want to start it with rise of skywalker since i I think we should just talk about star wars in general because uh available on 4k now is the complete skywalker saga and also uh rogue one has been released on uh 4k for the first time as well physically anyways Right. I mean, um, I think, isn't it the first time that a lot of the original trilogies and yeah, so 4K, only if you buy Solo the- and The Last Jedi, everything else hasn't been released physically on 4K before. Um, but now everything so, is available separately or in a and- uh, giant box set. Oh, so they did release them all separately in 4K as well. Yes. Cool. Uh, I love that uh, big box set. I just can't muster up the uh you know the the bells to pay for that it's like 500 bucks isn't it or something like that um but i do have a copy of star wars the rise of skywalker or l'ascension de skywalker no no uh, (laughs) um that uh disney sent my way um yeah i mean i again i i got the OG Blu-ray. I didn't get a 4K. They ran out by the time I requested one. I know I wanted the 4K. Believe me. Um, so I mean, this is nice a little bit different. So it still looks. It, it still looks good. I mean, comes with a digital code that I mean is again not in 4K, but I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus within the next you know six months probably. Um, or probably less. I, don't know. I mean, if Onward probably is coming less, out on uh, in three days. Three days, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know it's a little bit different because it had its full theatrical run and stuff like that. But um, I think the movie's gorgeous. Um, and I mean, the sound is obviously great. But I mean, I know we had some issues with the story and and you guys can listen to our full review about the actual um, film over on Untitled Movie Reviews. But um, what intrigued me here, which I, I, I only saw a little bit, was there's a full-length documentary about the making of this. And I really enjoyed that for... Um, last jedi and i'm curious i only saw a a tiny little bit from it because i um i just haven't got around to it but um if you're looking for something like for an extensive special feature i mean i know the disc does have that i'm just tried to open up the um the digital copy to see if it's also available on there um but i'm curious in that to see um how detail they get into the production because i know it had kind of a tricky one when it comes to all the rewrites that chris terrio has been talking about or all the you know script changes reshoots different things like that so i don't know how real they'll get into that and uh did you go pick this up today or or you're waiting for your copy waiting for the oh copy. yeah because you're waiting for the non yeah sorry i always forget that you're waiting for your non-french version um but again with a lot of these disney releases i think it looks fantastic and sounds fantastic i i do kind of wish i had that 4k for the dolby atmos and, and the see um, babu frick and and the 4K. hdr Woo. yeah I, babu frick and 4k baby um but i thought it was a satisfying end to the sequel trilogy i know um like the last you know few star wars movies it's been pretty divisive but 
Um, I think even if you're the most minuscule Star Wars fan, this is something that you'll want to pick up. And I think it looks great at home. And um, I would suggest the 4K if you have it. Um, I kind of regret that I don't have it, but it still looked very, very good on, uh, uh, on my TV. So Excellent. I also forgot to mention that I mean, I mentioned it, but I didn't talk about it. Is that I watched The Outsider, uh, the Stephen yeah, King. You mentioned you watched, yeah, ten hours of it. Did you want to go into that at all? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, so, so anyways, pick up Rise of Skywalker. Sorry, that yeah, was the yeah, end of definitely. I want definitely. and and the other I Star wanna... Wars movies as well. I mean, even if you don't want to pick them all up, they're available individually. So get the original trilogy on four K. Do, do they come with the original one uh, versions or? Is it just the special? No, they don't. Okay. So they're waiting on those. They're going to save those for like a a special edition super box set at some point. Um, I'm going to be buying this series for the rest of my life. Like I'm just going to be buying each version of it. Um, And that's what Disney wants. Um, And they're going to get it. (laughs) So Stephen King's The Outsider, uh, the HBO series, which – this is one of the few books I haven't read of his. It's one of his more recent, and a lot of people like Doctor Sleep complained and said that you know it's it's Lesser King. It's just him kind of you know playing on you know his greatest hits, so to speak. And watching the show, you can really tell when everything is kind of set up that he is basically just regurgitating it. I mean, there's even a couple times where they refer to the monster as it. Um, but I, is it is it supposed to be it? Is it like part of that Stephen King universe? Or no, not necessarily. It's not. It's not. I mean, I guess it could be. Maybe it is. Maybe it is in the book. But in terms of the show, I mean, it's it's kind of supernatural and otherworldly like it and it feeds on children specifically so like the beginning of the show begins like it's basically if unsolved mysteries and and true detective were kind of mixed together in a stephen king adaptation and that's what you get so it begins with the discovery of a uh disembodied disemboweled boy named Frankie Peterson in the middle of the woods and how it becomes this big police investigation. And the, the major suspect is, uh, is, uh, Jason Bateman's, uh, Terry Maitland and the, uh, acting officer or sheriff, um, on the case arrests him in front of an entire crowd of people at a, uh, little league game. And through that, um, we discover that, he may or may not have done it because there he was in two places at once, or there was one version of him that was um, at the places that the witnesses and video cameras that picked him up uh, vouch for. And then there was another version of him that was at a a teacher's conference uh, miles and miles away. So, you know, the, 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 the idea that you know you have this shapeshifter um, potentially feeding off of of young children and mimicking the the physical uh, attributes of somebody that you know in in the community was I thought kind of interesting. But again, it's very much 
it. Like it, the only thing, the only thing that's different about it is that it's from the point of view of adults all the way through. So you're seeing it through the eyes of, you know, lawyers, police, and for the most part, skeptics until the third episode introduces um, Cynthia Revo's um, private investigator, Holly Gibney. And she, even though, you know, it, it, she calls her, she calls herself out for like believing in like, Oh, this is kind of like crazy or weird, but she has this uh, sort of way about her that is still open-minded to the unknown. Um, and she even says that to Ben Mendelssohn's character, who's the, the, the main sheriff of this small town and kind of is, is her uh, scully uh, really to, to her molder. Um, but it, it, it like the, the character work is good, even though some of it can be vague in terms of like, they're clearly hinting that Arivo's character is either on the autistic spectrum or has something, but they never say what it is. So they can get away with, you know, writing her character and making her, you know, like she can look at a building and tell you how tall it is just from looking at it. But she's, she doesn't know her own height, like things like that. And so it's, and like, she's basically like this supercomputer that is, is so in tuned with details and, Again, it's not specific enough, but at the same time, it wants you to believe that she can do all of these things. And she's kind of like the one that kind of discovers the boogeyman or the 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 El Coco, as it's called, um, that's taunting um, the police and, and sort of how this creature sort of works overall. So I, I, I was – again, I, I liked it. I, I, I enjoyed it. I still get this weird – joy or the novelty hasn't worn off yet for a Stephen King adaptation. Um, especially when it's, um, something that is a big budget or has prestige to it. It's just so weird to see like a Stephen King adaptation be treated with respect, uh, because that doesn't happen often. And especially when his movie, like there's the odd one here and there, like obviously Shawshank and green mile, but even like with Carrie, like, a lot of those movies were considered, you know, B movies and kind of just capitalizing off the popularity of the book at the time. Like a lot of the productions were, were rushed and shot quickly because the books became, you know, number one bestsellers on the New York uh, Times best of list. So like something like the original Pet Cemetery, which was, you know, released in 87 and then the movie was was made in 89 like it was just like okay let's just get this movie made so we can turn it out and a lot of his stuff is obviously also made for for television and especially in the late 80s early 90s like Stephen King's it but now you look at like the outsider compared to the original miniseries of it or the stand and you're like it's night and day in terms of the production value and what's going into it and the actors actually giving real performances. And so that kind of stuff still works. And, and I think the initial mystery is what kind of keeps you going. The final act of the movie or the, 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 the series again is just it. Um, And it's, and it's the biggest kind of letdown of it. And that's what happens with a lot of King stuff where it's like the setup or the story is interesting, but the overall um, sort of, lead to is is never as interesting cool man yeah i uh i wanted to check it out but it's um, slow you know too me, so like, yeah. yeah it takes me so long to even start something and and finally get into it but i have a laundry list of 
shows that I want to catch up with. But when The Last of Us hits HBO, whoo boy. Um, that's all I can think about. Uh, I mean, it's a good segue. I mean, I know you probably have other Blu-rays that you want to talk about, but oh, no, um, I wanted to make Okay, cool. Um, just Star Wars. Everyone go buy Star Wars, both Rise of Skywalker and all, basically all of them. Give Disney all of your money. Um, they're in dire straits, you know? <laughs> they're struggling. <laughs> they're feeling the pinch. Uh, it Chapter 2 is $10 on... Um, uh, iTunes right now in 4K Dolby Atmos. Um, it's also a 99 cent rental this week. Um, I, I didn't love it chapter two, but I feel like I love that that first it movie so much that I feel like you kind of have to get through the two hours and 50 minutes of uh, it chapter two. I looked at that runtime again today when I, 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 I when I picked it up and I was just like, oh my god! I think that's the movie's Dude, biggest that's the issue. Outsider, is it? like it literally yeah. is like yeah. the first half is like it's really solid atmospheric character stuff and it's building to something interesting and, and kind of sinister and then it shits the bed in the second half when it has to deliver on the premise that it's it's set up yeah and i mean i, I think i was just mostly really disappointed with it chapter two i don't think it's like a horrible movie or anything and i and we did we review it we did, or because yeah. it was during yeah. tiff yeah yeah was it during it was one of our roundups though you I think, saw right? yeah so i saw it just before tiff and then you saw it i think yeah. either the first or second day of tiff and then we yeah we reviewed it was it a part of the roundup or was it? Yeah, no, it was because we didn't review it separately. Yeah. Yeah. So it's part of one of our, you know, the first TIFF review roundups, one of the, one of the first ones. Um, I think both of our opinions are pretty similar on it where we both were fine with it. I think it's runtime is probably it's hurts it the most uh, being almost three hours. And, um, and I think there is some good stuff in there. It just doesn't stick the landing and it ends up being kind of underwhelming um but fine i mean i just picked it up because i again i'm sort of a completionist too if i own part one i'm like might as well get part two for 10 bucks but um so i wanted to mention that um on digital today uh sonic the hedgehog and bad boys for life everyone can pick up uh they are only for purchase right now so 25 dollars for each of them uh, i don't know if either movie is worth 25 dollars. i mean i Again, I really enjoyed the shit out of Bad Boys, um, but that's another movie that I could wait until it's ten bucks to pick up. Uh, same with Sonic. Uh, again, those movies technically right now are in the, my top five of the year, <laughs> but um, after the first quarter. Um, but I don't know if I would suggest uh, picking either of those up right now. But they are available if you want them. Uh, Eric, I don't know if you can still hear me. I'm going to keep recording because I think you froze. Um, other than that on digital right now, Oh, you're back. I think I can see your video moving, but I can't see your audio working. Oh, your audio's back. Yep. You're back. Yep. I'm back. Yeah, you dropped. Could you hear anything that I said there? Nope. Not okay, one word. That's fine. Uh, you dropped out. I think I, I was still recording, so that's fine. Okay, good. Um, so I was talking about Sonic and bad boys not really being worth, I mean, both, I think, fun movies, but I don't know if I'd spend $25 on either of them right now. So I would say worth buying, but wait until they're a bit cheaper. Yeah, um, I agree. And I mean, other the 4K than that, coming at the end of April for, for Bad Boys for Life physically. So, yeah. Yeah. And I just want to, because we didn't, uh, it's been weird, these episodes where, you know, I have all the time in the world, but we haven't really uh, prepped 
anything. Um, I'm trying to look at what else was on uh, digital. Um, but anything streaming, you think Netflix would capitalize on this thing and, and jump on to, I mean, I know Spencer Confidential came out right at the beginning. Well, they've got Tiger Tail coming up, which is the, um, the Alan uh, Yang movie, I believe. Right. And I mean, I guess they have um, the Kumail and uh, the Lovebirds, which I'm sure will be released probably by the end of April. Yeah, because I think they have something else coming out on April 3rd when Lovebirds was supposed to come out. Uh, Right now, uh, Hustlers for $10 is uh, Angel Has Fallen, which I still haven't watched, but I already own, uh, is $10. Uh, Rambo Last Blood is $10 uh gemini man is ten dollars ready or not which is all your fun movies uh ready or not which um i didn't love but i thought was fun uh for 10 bucks in 4k definitely pick that up um going through here brawl in cell block 99 in 4k for five dollars there you go um stuber which is mildly enjoyable so 4k for ten dollars not too bad. Uh, Alien, I think, is less than $10 in 4K right now on iTunes. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. And I, I think I'm more curious um, of what will be as the this year keeps changing. And, I mean, I guess we can kind of go. There's no trailers to talk about, really. So um, we can move right into the news. I guess the thing, I mean, these things kind of tie into each other is, is Sony announced that a lot of their summer slate is getting pushed or all of their, you know, 2020 slate is basically getting pushed uh, to next year. Um, so they didn't announce that anything would come onto VOD. They just pushed everything to the next year. That includes Ghostbusters, Afterlife. It includes um, uh, Morbius. Uh, Morbius. It includes, um, I mean, Uncharted got pushed again, but that was for a 2021 movie moving into later that was in never, 2021. Let's just be honest. That's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, Greyhound, which is the Tom Hanks yeah. uh, World War II movie. Yeah, so basically their entire 2020 slate moving. So that means none of that will get a uh, VOD release this year. But the Kevin Hart movie Um, was pushed up to October. Fatherhood. Oh, was it? God. Um, And we'll see if that even happens. But um, yeah, they pushed most of their biggest summer stuff into next year. So we're already seeing – we're seeing other studios who haven't really, you know – done that yet well, the question mark is now on tenant right like that seems to be the one that everybody is is waiting to hear the news on because warner brothers already moved wonder woman 1984 uh to august 14th i believe and tenant still has its july date so chances are that movie will end up being moved but where to next year right probably next year or, uh, or you do december yeah but- yeah and then you push Dune to next year, but because uh, you definitely don't have both of those movies in the same year, so right, but or and, that close together, so yeah, so that's what I mean, yeah. So I don't even think you push Tenet to October, November, and then have Dune in December if everything, you know, again, best case scenario in the fall, late summer in the fall, but um. Yeah, and then like we said, like it's probably going to take a while for people to want to really go out 
in into large groups and things like that. So even if you have a movie coming out late this year, do you think the box office is affected by, you know, how people react to going back out into large gatherings and things like that? So I don't know. I don't see Tenant coming out in in July. I just can't see that happening. But um, I don't know, man. No, I mean it would be the it would be a good film to kind of like. In, in terms of like a short term situation, bring people to the theaters like that would be like totally. a good main event movie to be like, you know, get outside again and go to the theater and see Christopher Nolan's Tenet. But yeah, I, I mean, I think this like Tenet will probably move to either October, November, and then they'll push Dune to next year because I feel the promotion, the promotional materials already started for Tenet. So it's like why you know, get the ball rolling on another movie and, and, and put in all that money for advertising when, you know, you have this film that's now been delayed, you know, like many other movies. And, and you have to think like where that movie would end up being placed, because if you're going to, if you're going to put tenant in November, it's going to go up against bond and bond and tenant. I mean, even though they're, you know, in terms of their their genre and their style are different. I mean, they do have that globe trotting international aspect to them both. So I could see them kind of butting heads. So I I, I don't think Warner Brothers will release it in November. I I agree with that. So like I could see it taking the Dune spot at the end of the year, but then yeah, like you said, Dune probably needs to move to summer of next year, probably. Yeah. Um. But I mean, we're, this is speculation right now, but um, I'm kind of looking through of what other news came out in the last uh, week. I mean, uh, something that uh, has been going on at TIFF, uh, they launched a, an initiative called Stay at Home Cinema, um, which I think is cool for, I mean, anyone listening. You don't necessarily have to be in Toronto or um, in Canada even to participate. So um, they've launched this series. They partnered with Crave here in Canada. Uh, which is a streaming service much like Netflix, if you guys aren't from uh, from here, um, where they are curating you know, a series of films and then having online Q&As between uh, Cameron Bailey and uh, a guest. So the first one was last week, which was The Princess Bride, um, and they had Mandy Patinkin um, doing a Q&A with Cameron Bailey on Instagram Live. So um, essentially what they did was they told everyone, hey, come on to Instagram Live at 7.20 or 7 p.m., 7.20. Uh, I forget the exact time. Um, and Cameron would do this Q&A with Mandy Patinkin where they would talk about The Princess Bride and and kind of the making of that film. And then everyone could watch along on Crave and... Um, and uh, tweet along with the film on social media with uh, Stay at Home Cinema uh, through TIFF. So uh, I thought it was a really cool initiative. And uh, I thought I watched a bit of the Q&A with Nevis when we were at home last Friday. And um, I thought Cameron did a great job. And Mandy Batinkin was super, super charming. Um, and uh, they're going to continue to do that. So this week they have um, a screening of a way away from her with Sarah Pauly, as well as Beetlejuice with Catherine O'Hara. Um, and I believe there's one other guest with Catherine O'Hara as well. Um, Bo Welch. Thank you. Production designer. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, they're, they're doing these Q and A's before, like on Instagram live. And I thought it looked really cool with the split screen talking to them. I think it's a really 
really um, great way of kind of engaging that audience and engaging people through these strange times. And, and I, you see a lot of people doing that. So like, even from my perspective, like the kind of funny guys that I, I, um, listen to and watch all the time they're all working from home and they're doing the thing that kind of eric and i are doing right now while you're not we're not recording our video but they're all recording from their own separate homes and then still putting out their content in podcast form and on youtube um so with tiff kind of going through and um and doing these q a's and curating these films i think it's a really interesting way you know to keep them I mean, just entertain people in general and see how people are holding up, whether the people that they're talking to and just discuss these films. And I think it's, it's bringing their programming from Lightbox into, you know, the digital age. And I think that's a, a really interesting thing. And I would love to see them even continue to do this after this ends. Um, maybe it's not as frequent as once or twice a week as they're doing right now. But um, I thought, I don't know, Eric, if you got to see any of the Mandy Patinkin, um, Cameron Bailey Q and a last uh, Friday, but it was, it was really good. A little bit. And it's nothing against the Q and a itself or Cameron or, or Mandy and that it's just crave drives me nuts. Like even watching the outsider on crave. Yeah. It's, it's bad. Oh, like I think that's the biggest problem is like it's streaming quality is awful. The digital noise is compressed. It's just like it's it's terrible to look at at times, especially with night shots. Night shots seem to be the worst. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed it when we uh, – I called it out to Nevis a few times. I forget what we were Was it Game watching. of Thrones? No, Game of Thrones was awful. Yeah. But we put something – oh, we put Westworld on because we wanted to watch the last three episodes. Eric's just spilling – did you spill something? Oh, yeah. I don't know. No, it's okay. okay. Do you need to? You're yeah. good. Okay. <laughs> Just stretch my um, leg there a little bit. I uh, we put on. We have three episodes to go in last season, season two of Westworld. And I put it on for a few moments, and I'm like, I might just buy this shit on iTunes because I can't. I can't stand it it looks awful and like if you buy an hbo show on itunes the quality difference is insane yeah and i mean you've you've you got me the westworld season one 4k and i've seen some uh game of thrones stuff on 4k and um it just it's i can't believe how bad it looks on crave so i totally get that but i mean um that's why i mean i'm saying to people who don't even live in canada i mean you can still participate by you know watching the q a on um on instagram and then just watching the movie or not watching the movie but uh at any way that you want if you own it on blu-ray or if you the criterion um, blu-ray uh, criterion yeah or if you have it in other means you can watch it any way that you have it and you can kind of still follow along uh both on social and watch these q a's beforehand so while there is that partnership with crave you don't have it's not like the q a's you watch on crave it's through social media so which i think is a good way of you know opening up the audience to i mean they are an international film festival right so you can bring in that audience not only from the local audience, but from everyone during this time. So I thought it was a, a cool way of doing that. I'm curious to see what other guests they have and uh, what other movies they end up doing this for. So, yeah, cause we're in this for the long haul. So, so stuff like that actually is a lot of fun and it's, it's a very inventive way of kind of bringing people together, especially, you know, since we're all online more so than, than any other time, uh, in, in our lives right now. So yeah, man. So, um, definitely everyone go check that out. I think the, uh, check out the TIFF 
tiff underscore net on social. They'll have all the details of when those screenings are or on tiff.net, their, their website. Um, so what else did we miss this week? Sorry, guys. I'm just kind of scrolling through the news. I mean, there's both not much news, but usually Eric and I text each other when, you know, something gets delayed or something, uh, uh, there's not much like casting or Eric, you mentioned that Edgar Wright might be directing. Yeah. I'm just going to look that up right now, but, uh, Neon also picked up, uh, a Nicolas Cage movie. Oh yeah. Did you want to talk about that? Yeah, So it's a movie called pig. Uh, about a, a truffle hunter whose pig is kidnapped and he has to get it back, which sounds like <laughs> sounds a VOD amazing. movie, but it, it was picked up by Neon. Uh, I mean, and it's going to get a theatrical release. Uh, and then the other one that they picked up or they're working with uh, Wellgo USA is Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. So they picked up both of those last week. That's cool. Yeah, so that's kind of exciting. And then the Edgar Wright news was that he uh, is going to direct a movie about a robot who gets inspired to write a screenplay. Yeah, so it's called Set My Heart to Five, um, which is about a robot that uh, gets inspired to write a screenplay based on 80s and 90s movies. Some people have already said that it's kind of like um, Ready Player One in a, in a way where it's playing with the nostalgia of you know what – Edgar Wright specifically grew up with or what this author grew up with. And um, it also sounds a little bit like um, warm bodies because it's about like this robot apocalypse that mostly humans are, are kind of battling it out with these androids and sort of trying to find a coexistence. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, We'll see when it can get into production. (laughs) Yeah. And the author's name is Simon Stevenson. And then I'm looking at – I'm on the uh, Hollywood Reporter right now reading it and it's saying that uh, Edgar Wright also um, has finished a draft for Baby Driver 2. So, Yeah, I know he was supposed to start that soon as well, right? So he's got a lot going on. I mean, Last Night in Soho is supposed to come out later this year um, if that happens. Um but I, I mean, I would like to see Baby Driver too. I enjoyed the first enough. I don't know what that would be, but um, two baby, two driver. Yeah, um, but I'd be down. And then this sounds interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. There's another Amazon show coming out in the next couple of days. I think on Friday. Was um, it the Matt Reeves based- show? Yeah. And um, Nevis, Nevis's parents got me um, this book because it's like kind of an art book, but both has a story in it. Um, it's from this artist. Um, when you said Simon Stevenson, it reminded me of of this guy's name. It's uh, Simon Stalinhog. Nevis uh, uh, yelled over to me. Um, and it's, it's this really interesting and it, it kind of deals with the same things of these like giant robots and, and the apocalypse and in, in 90s style um, kind of you know, imagery and things like that, but uh, it's based, it's called tales from the loop is what the show is called. Um, but he's done a couple different art books and his art is incredibly stunning. And um, I fell in love with it online. And and that's why this book seemed intriguing to me. So um, Nevis's parents picked it up for me for Christmas. And um, this show comes out on Friday. And I think, um, is it Jodie Foster directed? Is it Jodie Foster? Yeah. Who am I thinking of? Yeah. Jodie Foster directed an episode um, I think Romanek there's like a lot well. of, yeah, West. yeah. So, um, I, there's a show that I, I am 
super, super intrigued by. I don't watch many Amazon Prime shows, but um, with this, and I mean, if you guys list, are a frequent listener of this, you heard me talk about um, Invincible a lot last year um, when I was off uh, of work and stuff. So um, Amazon Prime also has the Invincible animated show that's supposed to come out this year, but I haven't heard anything about it other than that voice cast announcement last year. So I would love to hear more from that. But uh, Tales from the Loop sounds really, really intriguing. So I'm going to try to check it. I don't know if it'll be every episode on Friday or if it's week to week. What does Amazon usually do? I think I they release know. it all at the same time, don't they? Yeah. So um, and also I was looking I'm, at the cinematographers. One of them is uh, Jeff Cronenworth, uh, David Cronenberg, or David Cronenberg, David Fincher's regular cinematographer. Uh, oh, shot right. gone girl nice. in the social network and the girl to dragon tattoo so yes so um yeah i love this poster and all of his art kind of looks like that so go check out tales from the loop i think i believe april 3rd yes it releases on amazon prime i haven't even watched a trailer or anything yet but a good cast it has uh rebecca hall uh jonathan price is in there um uh, I mean, Paul Schneider from the first season of Parks and Recreation before they booted his ass off. There. Classic. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm super, super intrigued by this series. So uh, that comes out on Friday. Um, what else? What else do we got here? What else, Eric? There is really nothing. Yeah, I know. Nothing at all grasping at straws here um have you watched any of westworld season three did you finish season two no i haven't i have it sitting up there somewhere uh yeah there's a show that kind of like just burnt out so quickly like i remember that first season kind of everybody being like oh this is gonna be the next game of thrones for hbo and you know this is like appointment television everybody needs to watch it when it's when it's airing and it kind of like burnt out at the end of season one like it just seemed to like fade away and i mean that's kind of what the original michael crichton uh movie is like and even even the book where it's like it, it can only sustain itself so far i know there is future world which is the sequel to uh the westworld uh, novel and, and film adaptation, but like even that movie, nobody really remembers. So it, like, it just kind of felt like it's run its course already. And it's an expensive show. Like that was the other thing. Like apparently it costs a lot of money to kind of make, not that like an HBO show isn't expensive. It's just like, you can tell that there's like high production value for a show that I think like maybe less than half of the game of Thrones audience is watching. If that's who they were kind of aiming to kind of get to watch that show. But yeah, it's weird. Like I want to love that thing, but I only really admire it. If that makes any sense. Like I'm like, no, I'm kind of with you. I, uh, I fell out at the tail end of season two and I never got back to it, but I know season three is like a soft reboot. I know it kind of still continues the story, but uh, they what added Aaron Paul and it kind of takes place in a completely different location and things like that. So um, I'm curious. And from everything I've heard from the people still watching it, I'm uh, uh, I'm intrigued, but I just need to muster up the energy to go back to those final like we st- we were trying to figure out 
where we left off. And I hate that when you like leave a show midway through a season or don't finish it, but then you try to get back to it and you're like, okay, wait, what the fuck was happening? Like, uh, I, should we watch a recap? Is there like a previously on Westworld kind of thing, which they don't really have on streaming. And then the the streaming quality was terrible on crave. And I'm like, do I even want to do this? And we just ended up moving on to something else. Although I do, really really want to get back to it i just uh i can't be bothered um all right i think that we'll wrap there i don't think there's really all that much else other than that big sony news so um i think we can probably wrap it up yeah any big plans for the rest of the week nope Uh, I've got I've got to do some writing. I've um I've got reviews. What do you guys? Re- yeah, what are you reviewing over on? Uh, so I well I have reviews up for as I said before for Vivarium and uh, Uncorked, which you can check out right now at RogersTV.com/slash/CinemaScene. This week I have reviews for Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, the Eliza Hitman uh, pro-choice uh, drama, which is excellent, and I. It's available uh, for premium rental on yes. Friday, right? And again, it is expensive for what it is, but this is a movie that I think kind of, I mean, deserves the support. Um, and then I have two indie movies. Uh, one is uh, Baccarat that played at TIFF, which is kind of similar to The Hunt or in its premise. You know, a group of European and Americans are hunting off uh, Brazilians in this small community. And the school is named John Carpenter. Intentionally. Um, So I'm excited about that, to watch that. And then uh, a movie with Jesse Eisenberg playing uh, a mime, uh, Marcel Marceau, uh, Resistance. So yeah, so that's what I have for this week. And then like in the coming weeks, I'll have reviews for movies like Swallow and um, Tiger Tail and things like that. Cool, man. Yeah, no big plans for me other than Animal Crossing. I'm going to try to... I want to start watching the Bond movies again. Uh, I know I should probably just wait until November or something now, but... Uh, I'm having an, I, I always planned on watching them leading into no time to die. And I'm kind of in a bond mood right now. And I'm trying to figure out that next, you know, franchise that I kind of want to go through. And I know the kind of funny guys are doing, they already wrapped up their in review. They already did all four episodes for the bond movies. Cause they didn't, they were going to change their schedule, but they ended up keeping it the same. But, uh, so I might pop in and watch, um, you know, the four Daniel Craig bond movies. I know, I have to watch. I not. I don't have to, but I'm going to watch Mad Max uh, Fury Road uh, with Nevis. She has to watch it for the first time for uh, a freelance project that she's working on. Um, Wait, Nevis has never so, seen it. No, she never watched we it. Also, I, now, we should mention this as well, yeah. since you brought up Fury Road. So, um, I think it was this week. Somebody posted. I think it was either Jeff Snyder on Collider or somebody like that mentioned that, um, you know. George Miller is in pre-production on the next Mad Max prequel or whatever. uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is like, quote unquote, circling uh, the lead role. But when you actually read 
some of the other trades, it says that it's she, she had a Skype meeting with him. So that means nothing because then the week before there was rumors that it was going to be Jody Comer and uh, uh, Richard Madden. So it's in very early stages of pre-production and he has another movie with Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton that he's been working on for quite some time. So, you know, like when somebody says like, uh, you know, somebody is is joining or casting or 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 possibly you know going to be be hired. It's like it's so premature because, like again, like when you're taking a meeting, that doesn't mean that you're hired. Yeah, but I guess they mean they're in. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm with you. I understand that. I would like to see that, even though I'm not the biggest fan of. Hey, best um, movie of the last Rogue. decade. Hey. Uh, I'm giving it another shot because the only other time I watched it was that black and white version, which I, I don't know. I don't think it quite worked, but um, I'm curious to watch it in 4k Dolby Atmos, although that color and that HDR. So I'm going to watch that with, uh, with Nevis this week as well. But um, yeah, anyways, man, uh, stay safe. Um, get your sleep schedule back or not. I don't know. Wake up at 3am every day. I don't care. You're not my, you're not my uh, dad. Yeah. What else do we have to do? Who cares? Right. Um, but no, thank you all for listening. Um, I hope you guys are all doing well, holding down at home. Please stay at home. Please wash your hands. Uh, please only go out. If you have to try to do, you know, groceries every 10 days is what we were, Nevis and I were discussing and hearing from other people. So, uh, again, try things like chef's plate. Like I talked about, like there's great things out there that you can do that, give you groceries and ideas for meals and they're kind of idiot proof when it comes to their step-by-step kind of directions. If you want to even start cooking at home or, or learning how to cook at home, or maybe you don't want to go to the grocery store to get, you know, a ton of things. These, uh, something like chef's plates really helped Nevis and I, because we can kind of go out and get, you know, the necessities of bread and eggs and different things like that, but we don't have to focus on what we're going to eat every night and we kind of have it all prepped for us and we can just focus on making them. So there are things out there like that. Support your local restaurants if you can. Um, a lot of things like Uber Eats and um, different places are doing no contact delivery. So they'll just leave the food on your, you know, by your door um, and things like that. But um, just be cautious and wash your hands after you, you know, touch the boxes and things like that. But anyways, I don't need to preached you guys all day but thank you all for listening eric any wise words from you before yeah we go? i'll just quickly say with uh one of the movies i mentioned bakra so um if you're in toronto um and you want to rent the movie um you can rent it through kino uh marquee and you will be supporting either uh the fox theater in toronto or um film regent uh so and they get about i think it's half of uh the 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 ticket price i believe yeah. So, so yeah you know support the theaters the best way you can and this is this is one of them totally agree all right guys as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the interwebs uh but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow all of my animal crossing shenanigans uh, over on Twitter at Matt Rohrbeck and you can see what movies I'm watching. I'm hoping to watch more in April than I did in March uh, over on Letterboxd also at Matt Rohrbeck and then I'm kicking around Instagram. Maybe you'll see a story of me making fun of Nevis or something like that. Yes. And uh, or 
or follow Nevis for, and she'll make fun <laughs> of me at Nevo Supremo or follow her food blog thing, Instagram page at uh, Forks and Nevis, even though right now we haven't been going out to eat because everyone's at home. But there's great content you can bookmark for when you're allowed to go out again. <laughs> Yeah, and you can find more of my work uh, at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene. And I'm also on the social medias at EM6211 Twitter letterbox. Will I watch more Digimon-esque films? Who knows? What did you give it on on Letterboxd? Attaboy. All right, guys. uh, Stay safe. We'll see you uh, next week. Take care. Bye.